Hi, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. Welcome to Gap Chat, where we interview our fellow gappers about how they are taking charge of their year. This week, we've brought in Michael Young, a future classmate and current gapper of Harvard 2025. Hi, Michael. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Living it up. (laughs) Michael, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Like, what do you do in high school? What are you interested in? Sure. So I'm Michael. I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I've lived in the greater Toronto area my entire life. In high school, I did theater, debate, research, and journalism, and I'm planning on getting involved in similar extracurriculars at Harvard. Yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, I also did theater in high school, and so that's why I said yay, because I'm, I'm happy to meet another theater kid. What kind of uh, theater did you, did you do? I did the musicals at my school. Um, there was one year where it did get cut, but we kind of like turned it into a musical. It was kind of weird. Like we had a play and then we just added random songs to it as a way <laughs> of turning it into a musical. Did you have a favorite uh, favorite show you were in? I personally liked uh, this year's show, or I guess last year's show now, <laughs> um, which was We Will Rock You. It's based on Queen songs and that was my largest role that I had, which was really cool. Do you know what kind of theater you want to do at Harvard? I think being involved in the Froshko would be really cool just to get to know like other freshmen and also participate in like having a say in the creative process is really cool as well. So Michael, what have you been doing on your gap year? I've been currently working and conducting some research at a local university and specifically on self-driving cars. So we're training self-driving cars to navigate a world of different obstacles. Sometimes it's just like stationary rocks or whatever, but other cases that we're, I'm trying to get it to a point where I can navigate a world where there are like 10 other vehicles just moving around randomly and it has to avoid them and ultimately reach a target. What progress have you made so far? So at the very beginning, we were teaching a self-driving car to navigate around stationary obstacles, which were just giant boxes essentially to reach a randomly selected target. That was mainly for me to learn how the simulated environment worked because a lot of it was really foreign to me at the time with teaching like a car how to develop its own policy to and strategy for navigating its way around different blocks. But now we're focusing more on real life traffic formations and scenarios. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm teaching a self-driving car how to navigate an intersection. So we have two cars essentially coming together on an intersection in perpendicular directions. And it's up for our car to decide whether to proceed in front of the other car or wait for the other car to pass and then go behind it. So like a, like a four-way stop? Essentially, just without the stop signs. So it's, <laughs> it's chaotic. Wow. How's that been going? It's been going all right. Um, it's a bit like progress is a bit slower than I would <laughs> like it to be. But that's because like there are a lot of kind of finicky parts of training a robot, surprisingly. Like since everything's being simulated, like the physics engine itself is really sensitive to like minor changes in the environment. Mm -hmm. For example, if I like increase the mass of the car by just like a tiny bit, like the entire thing can just literally explode. Like I've had situations (laughs) where the wheels just fall off while it's driving in the simulation. So that happens quite often, actually. But yeah, it's about like fine tuning all of these different parameters in order to get 
a working model and then having that model like navigate the simulated environment. So you're not working with a uh, a physical car, right? Yeah, right now it's a virtual car, but this car itself has a physical like it exists physically as well. So the goal is once we get it working in the simulation, we can eventually transfer that model to the physical car, which is has an identical replica in the virtual world, and then get it to work in the real world and navigate the same objects that we've been simulating. And do you like move up the objects? Like first you start with rolling oranges, and then you move up the squirrels and a dog, and then the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the car, it's all the same. Um, it's just detecting it <laughs> using a sensor, so it doesn't make that big of a difference what it is. It's not even really a car. It's kind of funny because the stationary objects are just boxes, like black boxes. And then <laughs> the car is like a moving black box. <laughs> so Michael, how did you get involved in this to begin with? I've previously worked in the lab that's doing the self-driving car research um, back in high school, like all my school breaks. I did research on drones at the time and I was just like flying drones and things like that, which is really cool. Um, a bit more dangerous than a self-driving car, to be totally honest. There was a safety net that we had to stand behind in case the drones decided to just derp out and just fly at us. And we oh had a switch ready at all times. I'm pretty sure like incidents have happened before. Um, I've crashed a drone before into the ceiling, but that's a different story. So I can see why working in a simulation is a good start. <laughs> <laughs> is this a field you were interested in beforehand or is this something you just tried out and started enjoying? Yeah, I, it was more of a field that I tried out and started enjoying. Like I had a bit of just um, background in like computer science and just programming specifically, but this was kind of really cool just seeing how like algorithms and just how my scripts of code are being implemented to a physical object was really interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And I think I've gotten to develop a greater appreciation just for like machine learning algorithms and things like that. And that's why it's like something that I'm actually considering studying at Harvard. So what would you describe as like your your day-to-day -day process of, of working in the lab? It's all remote. So I'm using a virtual desktop or not a virtual desktop, a remote desktop, sorry, mm -hmm. to connect to the uh, computers that are physically at the lab. And they're just running the simulations in an online world. So I try like every day to try to adapt the model and then run the testing and training scripts to see how the performance of the car is. So that does take quite some time um, because every time I change it and then run the script, it's usually a, will take a couple hours before I can actually determine whether my changes were positive Wow! because it sometimes has trouble just turning and like navigating things like that. And it's, it's just like, it's kind of a trial and error process to be totally honest. You said this is something you want to continue through Harvard and beyond? I think it would be pretty cool. I know self-driving cars are becoming really hot and like now various different companies are trying to start their and get into the market and start their own self-driving car endeavors. So I think there's a lot of potential just for this market. I think it'd be really interesting just to see where it goes. If we look at something like Tesla, it's really just everything's happening on the car. I feel like there's still some potential to like have cars connect with you when you like one way or another with each other and mm -hmm. kind of just alert cars ahead of them or behind them of like the situation that they're in. And I feel like there's definitely more to be done, I think. And there's still a lot of possibility in terms of how we can optimize self-driving cars even more than they already can just independently. 
Is there anything else we should know about your work with self-driving cars? Um, one funny thing we can do is to teach our self-driving car different behaviors. Like we can teach it to be really aggressive and be a bit of a jerk <laughs> other cars or be super, super defensive. Like in just the intersection example, like we can teach it to just literally wait forever until the car passes. Like we can make it so that the car never tries to go first, but we can also make it so that the car always tries to go first by essentially increasing the penalty for the amount of time it takes to cross the intersection so that there's an incentive to try to get through as fast as you possibly can, regardless of other situations. And that's kind of the next thing we're working on, not exactly teaching a car to be a jerk, but to teach it to develop a bit more, like a more nuanced understanding of driving. Because at first we had that self-driving car uh, interact with cars that just moved randomly. But now instead we can have the other cars in the environment also be self-driving, but we can control like the different aggression, like levels mm -hmm. of aggression that each car has. So that way we can kind of play out, play it out and see how that would work in a more realistic environment. Because obviously in a real world scenario, you're gonna have cars with different driving attitudes and so on. So we can see how that plays out and train our cars uh, differently essentially for every different scenario and see how they all play out and interact. Michael, do you think of yourself as someone who's thriving in this sort of like self-motivated gap year environment or are you sort of longing for the structure of, of school and college? Um, because it's we've talked to a bunch of people and it sort of varies between them. I think um, I like having a bit more freedom and kind of being able to decide what I want to do. Since a lot of this is kind of self-guided and self-motivated, I can really cater to my own schedule and just work my way around things. I do miss, though, having just kind of a pre-COVID life, obviously, like having more <laughs> in-person meetings and more in-person interactions and not having to do everything remotely. Like, it's a shame that I can't go into the lab right now and actually sit there and work on like the computers directly, which I used to do in the past and get to like hold and just work with the physical cars that we're going to eventually implement it in. So that's the main part I really miss. But I think in other cases, like I've really appreciated the gap year, just being able to kind of figure things out on my own, see what I like to enjoy and just try out new things, I think was the most rewarding part of this. So what advice do you have for people considering taking a gap year in the future? First and foremost, I think it's okay to feel anxious about taking a gap year. Like even after I decided, I still went back and forth, like wondering whether I made the right decision at that time. Like when I decided I was still, I didn't really have a clear idea of what I was going to do during my gap year. And since there's just so much like uncertainty, I can see why people would choose to take a more clear route and just enroll because you have at least more structure that way. But especially if you're like considering a gap year right now, there's still so much time to decide and just brainstorm things you might want to do. I know there are like a variety of different things that we gappers are doing, like working from home. I know people who are working in person, like on a nine to five job, which is cool and getting that real life experience. I know people are on road trips and auditing classes or starting passion projects like you guys, which is really cool. So you can really make your gap year your own. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks again for having me. This has been so much fun. And thank you for listening to Gap Chat. 
This episode was made possible by my bad habit of buying podcasting equipment when the Patriots lose. It happened a lot this year. As always, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. Stay tuned for new episodes every Saturday.